My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability, it's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane, yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man, I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey y'all, my name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hey guys, Kat here, and you're listening to a new episode, a new Monday episode of You Need Therapy podcast. Before we get into it, want to remind everybody that although this podcast is hosted by a therapist and it's called You Need Therapy, it does not serve as a replacement or substitute for mental health services, but it's allowed to help you along your journey. So today is a special day, really is a special week because I'm going to New York City this week at the end of the week with my boyfriend Patrick and we randomly booked this trip a couple months ago because I think I was getting a little bit sad. I'm seven on the Enneagram and so I really thrive on a full calendar and I was getting a little sad towards the end of the holidays, I think, thinking, dang it, we've just had all this exciting stuff and now there's nothing on the calendar. So let's put something on the calendar. And we just literally were like, well, where do we want to go? I don't know. We could go all these places. Where are flights cheap? And got some cheap flights, booked a hotel and it's happening. So I'm excited. I cannot wait. I love New York City. Never, ever would I ever want to live there, but I could be there for an extended period of time and I love to visit. I really love to visit during the holiday season, but that's okay. We can, we'll go back next December. So that's happening. And then, you know, I like to keep you guys updated on my Harry Potter journey. For those of you who are new or are not regular listeners of the show, 
I recently watched all of the Harry Potter movies for the first time. Now I'm going back and listening to all the books and oh my gosh, I just finished the third one. I started the fourth one and wow, the third one. Okay. First one through three were no more than nine hours. The fourth one is about 20 hours of listening. Gosh, I can't imagine being in like sixth grade and reading that book. It's a lot, but I'm enjoying it. Love the third book. My favorite so far, I think. It's so hard. And then they all start to run together, but I'm on it. I am continuing my journey. Hopefully it will lead me to Harry Potter world in Florida. So fingers crossed for that happening. Sadly, Patrick shot down my desire to go to the Harry Potter store in New York City. I was putting it on our itinerary and he kept being like, oh, what are we doing there? Why are we going to that? And then he very clearly, but not clearly, it wasn't very clear. I picked up what he was putting down. Let me know that that was not something that was important to him. Then I did some more research about the store and I don't know that it's that important to me either. But hey, maybe we'll change our minds. If you've been, let me know. It just seemed like it was like a gift shop with like a virtual reality thing that you can do. And there's long lines and stuff. So I don't know if I want to waste like four hours of my day, you know, but anyway, that's not important. What's important is what we are talking about today. And I decided it was time to talk about for a whole episode, something that comes up a lot during my workday as a therapist, meaning a lot of clients are talking about this in one way or the other. And it is motivation and really more specifically the lack of motivation. So very often people come into my office to make some kind of change in my life. That's not news to anybody. There is 99% of the time something that somebody wants to be different in their life when they come into therapy, when they come into my office and I meet them and we talk, why are you here? And we know that for things to be different, we have to do something different. And we also No, and if you don't know, now you're about to know that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So since we're not trying to become insane by coming to therapy, we are wanting something different means that we have to do something different. So since we are not trying to become insane by going to therapy, wanting something different means that we are going to have to do something different. And this is when this back and forth happens, when clients make a plan to try to do something or put some action steps in place to reach some goal. And week after week, they come back in and they come to my office and they're like, oh, I didn't do the thing. Oh, I didn't do the thing. Oh, I didn't do the thing. And it becomes this revolving door. Like we make a plan, you go, you don't do it, you come back, we make a plan again, you don't do it. And this whole cycle can sound different for different people. Sometimes when they come back and they say I didn't do it, there are excuses. Sometimes it's I just can't. Sometimes they just avoid the fact that they didn't do it by bringing up another topic. But you end up doing this song and dance where the goal really isn't being met. And what can happen is we can label the issue with this goal not being met with a lack of motivation to do something. And I want to talk about this today because I think there's a way I believe there's a way that we can reframe this idea of I just have a lack of, a, of motivation to change or act or move in a way that bec- can become more helpful. We can reframe how we're looking at motivation so we can find more of a motivation and it can be a more motivating way of looking at things. So I really like the saying that says, whatever you choose, you're making a choice either way. I think there's a million ways that that is said, but Whatever choice you're making, if you're saying, I don't want to do something or you do something, you're making a choice either way. 
And I really like this because for me, it offers so much power. Like, oh, I'm making a choice. And my, in quotes, inability to make a choice is actually me making a choice. It's not an inability at all. It's very empowering to me. It, it tells you that you are doing something. You are capable of doing something. You just might be doing the thing you don't want to do. And the thing about motivation is depending on how you view and how you define it, to find it, sometimes you have to realize that it's not really motivation that you're, you're looking for and that you need, which is why I want to reframe this today. So when you look up the definition of motivation, you'll find two different kind of answers. One talks about the, the desire or willingness to do something. And then the other one is an explanation or reason for why we did or didn't do something, right? So a reason. My motivation for going to the park was get to, to get fresh air. My motivation for starting this podcast was to help people. My motivation for making coffee is to get more energy. Like there's a reason that I'm doing this, these things. And I think when we think and when we talk about the lack of motivation that we're frustrated with, when we are saying like, oh, I just like can't get motivated or I can't find motivation or I can't whatever, I can't do the thing. I don't think we're talking about a lack of a reason for our goal. I don't hear as often people say, I don't have motivation to do this because I don't see why that would be good for me. It's usually more something like, I want to do this thing, but I can't get my body to do this thing because that thing takes effort and energy and they might not want to spend time and energy on that thing. So we label as that I don't have motivation or I can't find motivation. And then we become victims. We become helpless. It's not my fault. There's nothing I can do. I can't find the desire to do this, so I can't do it. Now, this would be fine if we only needed to do things that we, in quotes, wanted to do, which if you're somebody who's like, yeah, totally, I, I that's how I am. We're adults. No one can tell me what to do. And being an adult means I get to make all the rules. Then you're probably not going to love this idea and reframe that I have because I think the dream as a kid was that when you're an adult, you grow up and you get to just do the things you want to do and you don't have to do the things you don't want to do. Like I think about being a kid and my mom telling me that I need to make my my bed or clean my room or, or just clean anything for that matter or be home at this time. It's like, I can't wait to be an adult and I'm never going to clean my room. But then you get to be an adult and you're like, oh my gosh, I really wish that my mom was here making me clean my room because that's why I cleaned my room and now I don't want to clean my room. So being an adult doesn't really mean you only have to do the things you want to do. You could do that. I don't know that your life would be really looking the way you really want it to look. It really means you are now in charge of finding ways to make sure you get those things done that aren't very fun because they still have to be done. And you might not like the task, but the outcome of that task might be important to you. I had a client years ago who talked about a lot of work struggles with me. And she had a good job and she didn't necessarily hate her job. I don't think it was her dream job, but she would often talk about this inability to get certain tasks done when she knew she was capable of doing them, like more than capable of doing them. And one day she came in my office and sat down and was like, I figured it out. And I was like, what did you figure out? Tell me more. She said, I figured out why it's so hard for me to do these things that really aren't that hard. And I said, okay, what did you figure out? And she said, I don't like doing them. I do not like doing them. I don't enjoy it. So that's why I put them off and I don't do them. I don't remember exactly what I replied, but I said something along the lines of like, oh my gosh, wow, like that's such a great revelation. Now, 
I guess we got to look for something else, right? Like what is, where does that lead you to? And this was a long time ago. So give me some grace here because I would not respond in this kind of way today. But she was like, I'm, I'm going to get a different job. Like that's what this, I just have to get a different job. And I was telling my supervisor about this later and he just looked at me and was like, we will not be encouraging people to only do the things that they find pleasurable, Catherine. That's not how life works. And I was like, yeah, but like now because she knows this, she can just go find a job and she can do things that she likes to do in this job. And he was like, well, what happens when the next job involves a part that she doesn't enjoy doing? Jobs that come with zero parts that employees don't find pleasurable are extremely rare slash I don't even know if they exist. And that's true. Like I love my job, but there are parts of my job I do not like doing, but I do have to do them still. And it doesn't mean that I need to get a new job because I don't like these tasks that I have to do, which feels very elementary to say, but I think it's important to say at the same time because we look at things and we're like, oh, I don't like doing that not going to do it. I don't have to. And I don't have an eloquent way to say it, but that's not how life works. If we want certain things out of our life, we cannot just do things that feel good all the time, even though we have the ability to make that choice. In my life, there are a million things that I need to do in order to live the life that I want to live that I will never want to do. For example, I will never be super excited about doing the dishes. It is just something that generally I do not find joy in. I will never find joy in it. I also hate doing the laundry. The moment where I hear like the ding, ding, ding on the washer that signals me that it's time to put myself in the dryer, I dread that moment because then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go separate my clothes, hang all my leggings, do this, do that. I don't like it. But the thing is, I do wash my dishes and I do do my laundry. And the reason that I am able to find motivation to complete these things is not really because I found motivation, this like desire to engage in this task. It's because I identify that these things are important to me. I don't want ants all in my kitchen. I don't want my sink to smell bad. Forget about ants. I don't want bigger bugs in my kitchen. I just, I don't, I want to feel clean in my space. And I also want to wear clean clothes. I don't want to smell bad. I want to take care of the things that I buy. So I don't want to clean my clothes and I don't want to clean my dishes, but there are other things that are important to me. And so I do the task. My motivation comes from deciding or identifying that something is or isn't important to me. If it's important enough, chances are you're going to find a way to do it or at least find a way to attempt to do it to start. And if it's not, you will maybe do it, maybe you'll still do it, but most likely you're gonna find an excuse as to why you can't and you'll become that hopeless victim. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Now, I could stop here and be like, okay, that's my reframe. But I also know that we need more than information and we need more than knowledge. We need ways in which we can apply that. So then we can apply the information and the knowledge so we can make some changes, changes that are going to feel really good to us. And so how can I go from feeling like I lack motivation to do the things that I seemingly want or need to do to doing them? Now, we already started to talk about the shifts in the thinking, how we talk about it. Is this important to me versus do I have this like excitement to go do it? So instead of I can't seem to find the motivation, we have to say things like, I can't seem to decide if this is important to me or not. If it's not important to you, then okay, I get it. Let's move on to something else and work on something that's important to you. But again, rarely, rarely are people talking to me about not being able to do things that sound like things that aren't important to them. For one reason or another, these things are important to them. So Let's talk about ways to apply this. And I'm going to make it really easy. We're going to have a list because people love lists. So let's start with number one. The first thing we got to do is focus on what it is that you want. Let's look at the goal of the task versus the actual task. And what this is doing, this is actually letting you look more at what you want and what you're going to get out of doing this task than just focusing on like a chore that you don't really want to do. 
So if I can't find motivation to, let's say, get up in the morning and go for a walk before work, okay, well, that task of walking might sound really dreadful to you, kind of like the task of me separating my clothes out of the washer and putting them in the dryer. I don't want to do that. But what is the goal? So why are we actually setting up this task or chore? What's the goal? What's behind that? What is the goal of a walk? Is it something more than just going on a walk? Is the goal of the walk to feel more energized? Is it to take care of your health? Like what is that goal? Let's put that goal in the forefront rather than the walk. Maybe you can't find motivation to fill out job applications. I totally get that. You keep saying, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm gonna do it. And then you just like scroll on your computer. Okay, well, the task of filling out a job application sounds also dreadful, but is the goal of filling out the application to fill out the application or is the goal to get a new job? Is the goal to feel happier in my career? Is the goal to, I mean, think about what the goal could be. And then we focus on that instead of this chore that again, isn't so great. So one, focus on what you want. Two, after you focus on what you want, really get serious and decide what is important to you. Does that goal matter to you? And it's very important, it needs to matter. Is your physical health important to you if that's the goal of walking? Is having a job important to you if that's the goal of filling out the job application? Is having a clean kitchen without bugs roaming around important to you if that's the goal of doing your dishes? So at this point, we can move from a space of wanting to feel energetically excited to do a task into a space where you can say, I value this, so I'm going to do this. And because... Those two things, they don't sound like that big of a deal, but they can be exhausting. You'll need some help keeping the momentum going a bit. So I told you I'm giving you a list. We have one, we have two, now we have three. After we do that, we need to look at how we can reward ourselves in a way that builds on the work that we're doing instead of against it. And that's something I see over and over and over. It's like, oh, I did this. So I gave myself this reward and the reward literally like undid whatever task it was that you did. It's like, oh, I cleaned the kitchen, so I baked a cake. Like, okay, that's awesome. You cleaned the kitchen, but then you just made a lot of dishes. (laughs) And that's just a silly example, but it kind of describes what I'm talking about. We just have to make sure that the rewards we're giving ourselves don't undermine our goals. Don't then send a message that like, you just did that thing, but you're gonna reward yourself in this way, which means that you actually like this and you don't like doing the task. So I like making a mess versus cleaning and doing the dishes and having this clean kitchen. Another way to to look at that is if my reward for doing the dishes every night for a week is to say the next week I don't have to do it, you're reversing the momentum that you built. It works against you. And something that's really important to tell anybody who will listen is that a lot of achievement comes from people finding ways to make the things they want to achieve the easiest they can be. Achievement doesn't just come from being strong and having willpower and just like doing it anyway. People might say that, but when it comes down to it, you have to find ways that make this the easiest. So reframing it, like I've been talking about, makes it easier. Doing something like this, like saying, oh, let's do the dishes for a week and then don't do them. I didn't think I'd be talking about the dishes so much in this episode, but that makes it really easy for you to fall back into an old habit. And it's just very, very tempting. 
an old habit of not doing it and not caring. And again, sends the message that this isn't that this isn't that important to you. So another example. So I really wanted to work on wearing normal clothes to work every day this year. There's nothing wrong with it, but I oftentimes would wear leggings and a sweatshirt and tennis shoes to work and that is totally fine. But I started realizing like, hey, I really like getting dressed and there's a lot of clothes in my closet that I want to be wearing, but I just have gotten in this habit of putting the easiest thing on, going out the door and and not thinking anything of it. I really want to put more effort into getting ready for work in the mornings. And so I am wearing jeans a lot more often than I used to wear jeans. I would not be doing myself any favors if I put all of my leggings in the same drawer as all of my jeans, right? Because I'd open the drawer and I'd say, hmm, those leggings sure do look cozy. And oh, I can just put that sweatshirt on and I can get out the door and I can be ready faster and X, Y, Z. That would be making my goal harder for me. Why do I need to do that? We do not need to impress people by how much temptation we can resist. I I don't know anybody who sits around and talks about how much willpower somebody has and really, really cares that much and it really makes that much impact on their life. Like people generally don't care about how much willpower somebody else has. So you don't need to really prove anything to anybody else. So if it makes it easier for you to wear jeans, to put your leggings underneath your bed in a box, guess what? That's what I do. And if I need to work out, I will get the box out and I put the leggings on and I head out the door, but I don't have to have that conversation. Do I wear leggings? Do I wear jeans? Do I wear leggings? Do I wear jeans as I'm getting ready in the morning? So again, number three, find rewards for yourself that build on your work instead of against it. I'm just, this just came to my head, but I gave examples of what not to do, but with the dishes, like instead of saying, okay, after a week, you cannot clean the dishes for a week. You can take a week off. Well, what if after I did it for a week, you can go get that fancy scrubber brush thing that you've been looking at at Target? Like find something that makes that thing better for you or more exciting in some way. And then number four, pay attention to losses and not just gains. So I know this one sounds a little bit weird. Like why should we pay attention to these negative things? But it's because loss aversion is a thing. And sometimes looking at what you lose works better than looking at what you gain. And it makes sense. Think about how I talk about the fear of the unknown a lot. Even though we want something different than what we have now, we sometimes say to ourselves, eh, it's not worth the risk of losing this thing that I have right now. It's not ideal, but I know I can survive it to gain that thing that isn't really guaranteed. There was a study done in 2016 where scientists from the University of Pennsylvania asked people to walk 7,000 steps a day for six months. And some of the people that participated in this were paid $1.40, which is a random amount of money, each day that they achieved their goal. And then other people that participated lost $1.40 if they failed to do the goal. So if they didn't do it, they got $1.40 taken away. And then another group, if they did do it, they got $1.40. And the group that had the $1.40 taken away hit their daily target 50% more often, which is a large amount. And it makes me think of how a couple weeks ago, I was trying to motivate myself to cook dinner at home and use the groceries that I kept buying at the grocery store and save money. And 
saving money, like this, this idea in my head of saving money, oh, this is better and it'll be fun. Like none of that wasn't motivating to me because I don't really like to cook dinner. And again, it goes into my, <laughs> I don't like to do the dishes. So I really struggled to find motivation to stick with that goal. And so one of the things I did is one, talk to myself about whether this was really important to me, like really why am I setting this goal up? Does this matter? Do I care if I'm if I'm saving money? Do I care if I'm spending more time cooking my own food? Do I really care? Why is it important to me? And then I set up a challenge with one of my friends where if I ate out that week, like during the work week, like Monday through, I did Monday through Thursday. If I ate out after I bought groceries to cook those meals for, I would have to paint my friend's ceiling, which painting a ceiling. I don't even know how people do that. And she did it with me too. I think hers was if she did it, she would have to clean my bathroom. And I was like, I'm not going to clean it until this challenge is over. So be nice and dirty. And the thing is, we both did it because I did not want to paint my friend's ceiling. She did not want to clean my bathroom. And so I didn't just look at what I would gain from cooking at home save money, X, Y, Z. I looked at what it would cost me if I didn't do that goal. And I think that's really helpful. And I think it's something that can, like I said, help build momentum after we have that initial motivation boost when we identify if something's important to us or not. So those are my four ways to actually apply this knowledge of what motivation really might be and what we really need to feel motivated. So Like I said before, it's really not about finding it. It's about shifting the way we view it and then setting ourselves up for success, which sounds like I'm giving some kind of like business talk, but I mean this in all aspects of our life. You don't have to want to do something, right? It has to be important to you and you have to have some accountability and you need ways to remove all of the temptation that we so often want to put right in front of our faces. So find ways to identify that what it is that you want to be doing, find ways to make it valuable and to understand what the value is that those things are going to give you. I hope this was helpful. And if you have any questions, as always, you can email me, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. You can follow me at cat.defada and at unitherapypodcast. And I hope you guys have the week you need to have, the day you need to have, Whatever it is that you need to have, I'll be back on Wednesday for Couch Talks. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.